0: Before we get started today, I would like to take this time to say thank you to Lone Star Arms and Ammo for helping support the Sounder Podcast and True Hog Hunters Tournament. Lone Star Arms and Ammo is located at 477 North Sunset Strip in Kennedy, Texas, and is open Tuesday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., as well as Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. With a wide range of guns to choose from, let the friendly and knowledgeable staff at Lone Star Arms help you make the right decision with your next purchase. Looking to sell a gun or are in need of a gunsmith, Lone Star Arms can help you with that too. And with their new Silencer Shot kiosk, buying and registering a suppressor has never been easier. You can call Lone Star Arms and Ammo at 830 299. 5552 as well as check out their website at lonestararmsammollc.com for updates and news regarding products and services also be sure to follow them on facebook at Lone Star arms and ammo llc thank you to Lone Star arms for all that you do for the two-way community as well as all the support you have shown us here at true ballistics and the sounder podcast now on to the show Hello and welcome to the Sounder Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the war on hogs. I'm your host, Charlie Lobner. Hope you're having a great day out there. we got a great show for you. A lot of information regarding the True Hog Hunters Tournament. If you are signed up or thinking about getting signed up, all this information is very important. Something you're going to want to hear. There's going to be some changes made. So, obviously the website's still down. If you try to log on, you've seen that uh we've been made aware of it it's been getting worked on we are making some changes switching it groups it's a it's a whole mess right now we're hoping we were told it could be up and running by the first of may we're gonna cross our fingers that would be great if not i will keep you posted on that as well but the tournament we're making some changes and 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 a big reason why we're going to make these changes is just to get more people involved we've had uh, a lot of support from the few of you that are involved, and, and we thank you so much for all your hard work and your efforts in the tournament getting hogs eradicated and getting them submitted uh, and, and fighting so hard for these prizes. Uh, but we want to we want this thing to grow, and what we've noticed, you know, running this thing for the past couple years, we were climbing, we were climbing, and then we kind of plateaued. Um, and I think a lot of that is people are scared to join Sim- for the simple fact that y'all guys kill a lot of hogs, man there's a lot of hogs being submitted in this thing and, and sometimes you know a single hunter will get sometimes over 60 in a month and that's that's amazing and we want to we want to encourage you to keep going out and getting those numbers we want to reward you for that but we also want to give everybody a chance at having you know a chance at winning that's that's the whole thing with this uh we we want to give everyone a chance at winning and and that that's uh some months are better than others. Some guys, you know, win a month will win first place just for two hogs. Other months, you have to get sixty plus hogs, depending on who's hunting, the weather, everything else. You know, there's a lot of variables that go into this tournament because we're allowing hunters to hunt their land, their time. They can trap, they can use thermals, night vision, run dogs. However, they have success. We want every hunter to be able to do this, but we're gonna make a change. Um, we're still gonna be giving a lot of prizes. Uh, the most hogs will help you win those prizes. However, it's going to be kind of like a a point system, per se. So when you pay your monthly due for the tournament, you will automatically get your name put into a hat for a drawing of a prize. Every hog that you submit that month will add another, I guess, ticket to your name for a chance at winning that prize. So if you enter the tournament... You paid your fee and you got one hog. You got your ticket for entering and you got your ticket for your hog. You got two tickets. If you enter the tournament and you get four hogs, you got five tickets and so on and so forth. As you grow, as you submit more hogs, you get your name submitted that many more times for a chance at winning prizes. So more hogs will give you a better, greater chance at winning the prize. Um, however... It's not a 100% chance that you're going to win. You may get 100 hogs, the, but the guy that wins it may have only paid his his due and happened to be the lucky winner. It gives everybody a small chance at winning. That's what we want to do. Have everybody, give everybody an opportunity. Um, you know, as much as in a perfect world, everybody's a winner, uh, but that's just not the way this thing operates. However, you know, we still plan on – on giving back to the guys that are that are going out there and, and really tearing them up, really put, submitting a, a ton of hogs throughout the year, and we want to encourage that. That's the whole point of this tournament. Um, get out there, hunt hogs, trap hogs, chase hogs with dogs, however you are successful in the field, eradicate as many as possible. That is why we, we started True Conservation, and True Conservation is a nonprofit that encourages hunters to go out there and hunt hogs. Uh, we are just trying to do our best at, at preserving what we ha- what we have left. Uh, there, there is less and less raw land out there every day. There's more and more land being developed every single day, and we are quickly and rapidly losing a lot of, of native habitat for our native wildlife. And so on top of that problem... You also have this invasive species of wild hog just taking over everything and competing with all our native wildlife and destroying our native plant life and, and hurting our local farmers and our ranchers and, you know, polluting our natural water sources that our, our livestock and our native wildlife drink out of and is spreading disease and it's just adding so many other problems to an already bad problem. You know, here in South Texas, we have an issue with, with drought. And we've been in a drought for a very long time. We've been very blessed with the rain that we've had recently. They're talking about more coming in. And we're very thankful for that. And, But last year, last year, ponds were drying up. The river was low. There was very little water source. And so a lot of the wildlife was having to travel further distances you know, spend just that much more energy to try to get to a water source. And like, say you're a whitetail deer, you know, you traveled two miles to go to a pond that, you know, that there's a little bit of water. It You show up and guess what? You got 20 hogs laying in it. They're defecating, they're urinating in it. They're polluting a water source that now you got to drink out of. That's how you spread disease. That's how, I mean, it's just, it's just the way the world works. Now this year has been wet. There's water everywhere. You don't have that much of a problem anymore. But in a bad drought year, when food's scarce, water's scarce, now you got to worry about disease and everything else from wild hogs. Uh, it, it, farmers. Farmers have a have a bad drought year. Their crops are already suffering. What little crop does show up, pigs come in overnight, destroy acres of, of farmland. Just taking that much more out. You know, now the farmer not only loses money, but now he's got to take the time and the effort and the fuel to repair his land, repair his field, so that he could replant the next season, and hopefully, hopefully have a better run. And that's just something that's it's like a it's just a reoccurring like like wheel. It just keeps it's constantly rotating, and because we aren't we are not really putting a dent in this population, because the numbers are getting worse, the problems are getting worse, and they're, and they're becoming more frequent. And it's just, we hear stories of, you know, guys that, yeah you know, they, they plant a 100-acre cornfield. and They lost 60 acres of it in two nights due to hogs, you know. That's kind of a stretch. But I've heard of stories like a, of a 100-acre field in, in a week's time pretty much going to nothing. You know, there's no, they, they were torn up to the point where they couldn't harvest it. The tractors were literally, you know, they were worried they were going to break their, break an axle on a tractor just trying to, trying to, harvest what was left of their their corn or whatever crops they had. And you hear about this, and you hear about it everywhere we go. You know, we've been going to to other cities, other towns, talking to rotary clubs, putting on a presentation with True Conservation, and you talk to these people, and they're all having the same problem no matter where you go, even like up in the hill country where it's rocky, and, you know, up in wine country. We went up to to Fredericksburg a while back, and, and you got people telling us their stories there, and, you know, you hear somebody that doesn't hunt, doesn't farm, doesn't even go out in the country, but happened to drive through the countryside of their brand-new car, smacked a hog, destroyed their brand-new car. Everybody's affected by this. You hear, I've had people tell me that, oh, I got up to go golfing, and my favorite course that I go golfing on was destroyed by pigs. They had, in a single night, came through and ruined, you know, four greens and a bunch of fairways and just tore it up. People will get in their flower beds. You know, they live in town. Pigs coming into town in the middle of the night for looking for food. I guess you know these things got a heck of a snout. Uh, they smell food from a long way away. They come a running, middle of the night. They found a food source. It was your garden. They destroyed your garden a single night in your backyard in a in a suburban neighborhood. Like it, it. The, these things are happening. They're happening a lot. People don't talk about it all that much, but it, it's it's an ongoing problem that's getting worse and worse. And what we're trying to do here at True Conservation is just talk about it. We, we want to give, you know, we want to give everybody a chance at, at winning prizes, of course, and all that. But main thing is try to raise awareness. Um, get the word out there on, on the issues at hand and why we are doing what we are doing. You know, if you don't have any experience hunting, if you don't, if you're uneducated about the, uh, about these problems you could look at what we're doing as being morbid and and cruel if you're not if you're not told exactly what's happening a lot of it is we're not doing what we're doing for sport we're not going out there and and hunting hogs you know to be cruel we're hunting hogs to survive um we're trying to help ourselves out trying to help our, our neighbors out uh and and it's become such a major problem that you know you got you got farmers that are that have stepped away you know, I know several small farms, guys that used to plant milo and, and alfalfa and corn and everything else. They, they, they got to the point where they were ready to retire. They retired of the headache. Um, they were tired of the drought. They were tired of, of everything that was going on. And then on top of that, pigs coming through and they're constantly having to repair their fields due to these hogs. And they're just done. They walked away. And we're seeing a decrease in, in farmers throughout the United States, throughout the world. You have less and less farmers, which means you have that. You have every year there are less and less people feeding the rest of the world, and that is not a good thing. And we can We we got to do something about this. We got to help these people out. Whether you're a you know row crop farmer or you're raising livestock, whatever it may be, this goes well beyond hunting and the sport to hunting. This this goes into our livelihood as Americans. You know, what you're paying, you know, at your grocery store for, for, for food, what you're paying, you know, for for feed, for your livestock, or whatever it may be, these hogs have an effect on that. And if they're tearing up the place and they're overrun with them, we're talking about millions of hogs. Millions of hogs do a lot of damage. There have been billions of dollars that have been thrown at this problem and it's not getting us anywhere. It's really not. And, and I preach that on this show. I know I sound like a broken record of human listening. I talk about this all the time. But we're not putting a dent in that's we're trying to get people involved and a lot of a lot of the changes that we're making in this tournament is because we're trying to get more people involved. We want to reach out to you. We want you to get signed up. We want to give back. If we could, we'd give back to everybody, but we're just we're not there. We're very young, uh, nonprofit organization trying to get the word out there, trying to spread uh this information to get people more involved. So I, I really feel the more people involved, the more people going out there and hunting, trapping, just putting pressure on these animals is going to eventually bring these levels down. We gotta we gotta get to a point where we are slowing down the reproduction of wild hogs. These things breed all year round. They have multiple litters a year. They have sometimes upwards to 10 to 15 hogs in a lit in, in a single litter that that's piglets. I should say that that's a lot and it doesn't take them, you know, these females are reaching sexual maturity in less than a their first year of being born. That's not a good thing. Uh, we have, we have to stay on top of this problem. And, like I said, it, since I have started hunting, the explosion of what they call the pig bomb it is—it's a real thing. Uh, obviously, growing up, I have talked about this. I we we hunt a lot more hogs because we were a lot more successful in hunting hogs than we were whitetail. I, I grew up knowing that there was a a, a much there was a lot more hogs out there than there were deer to hunt. And the great thing about hunting hogs, you can hunt them all year round. As a young hunter with a lot of energy and, you know, all that, it, it was great for us. But since I started hunting, you know, as a young kid, I, I'd say six to six to eight uh, was when I really started going out with my dad and my brother a lot. From, from that point, I'm, I'm turning 30 this year. In just that, that amount of time, 20 years' time, 20-plus years of time, I, I've seen a huge increase in wild hogs. I talk about hitting the river, you know, kayaking, canoeing, running the john boat, doing that since I was about the same age. I n- hardly ever saw pigs on the river. I saw them. He saw them from time to time, and when he saw them, he was like, oh, wow, You look at that. You know, it was a big deal. Uh now it's like you, everywhere you turn, there's there's pigs, there's signs of pigs. They're, they're they're living down there in the summertime. They are just so thick that it's it's obviously obviously a problem, and it's getting worse and worse. And and it's a big reason why I built my boat. I I want to go out there and, and really, really find out what could be living in just the the, the couple miles of stretch of river that I, I hit regularly. I mean, when you have a sounder, a group of hogs that's, you know, 20 plus and counting. I mean, and you're seeing that multiple times in a single run. That's not okay. I mean, these things are tearing it up. We are seeing, I have seen a a, a change in the river in the past couple of years that I cannot explain. There's been so much erosion. Um, parts of the river that were once easily navigable with with a, regular tiller motor on a 14 foot jumbo are now almost inaccessible with a kayak because of how shallow they are, because of what the river has done and how much it has changed. And, and that's going to happen. And that usually happens over like a decade, sometimes more in time rivers change or constantly changing. It seems like this has been a huge change in a very short amount of time. And I really feel it's because these pigs are tearing, they're tearing it up right next to the riverbank. We're seeing, you know, where they're killing plant life, the grass and, and small trees and all the vegetation right up next to the water, well, that root system is really holding that land together. So when a, when the river comes up and the current picks up, the roots will sometimes do a really good job of holding the ground together, keep the banks from slopping off into the river and floating downstream. Well, because I think what we're seeing, so many hogs go down there and they're they're laying up next to the water, they're killing these plants, they're killing these root systems, and it's just adding. To the erosion that we're seeing, and, and it's causing a problem very fast. And I'm, I'm curious to see just over time, you know, when maybe when I'm an old man, if I live to live to be an old man, what that river looks like at that point, how much our land has been affected. You know, I don't necessarily think that we're losing acreage here, um, and I think if you are losing, you know, say you lost five foot of bank in the past five years on one side of the river, you probably gained it downriver on another bend. Um, you're just your land's just changing a little bit that river's just kind of moving back and forth but it's just doing that at a, at a rate that I think is, is quite alarming and that's just my personal uh, experience my personal you know survey of, of watching that happen over the few years um, I've been I've been on that river pretty much my entire life I'm talking about San Antonio River here you know flowing north of San Antonio all the way down uh, past Tivoli and then dumping into the uh, the Guadalupe and I my stretch of river that I run on a regular is not all that big um, just to set a couple of miles uh, so I can't speak for the rest of, of the river but my small little stretch that I tend to run regularly has changed a lot and I'm uh, very very curious to see how that how that plays out in the next few years if we don't get a grasp on the hog population and, and it only gets worse. Um, even, even the, this past year hunting, you know, we, we, in the past, and I've talked about this, if you go back in a later episode, I talked about, you know, we were seeing a lot of lonely boars for a while. It's pretty much what we were hunting on the property. Um, we weren't seeing these large, large sounders come in. And this past year we had multiple groups, different sounders come through different hogs that were hanging around the property and uh, we're very successful in hunting them, uh, getting a couple up, but I was bow hunting. So I was only taking one out at a time. And uh, my brother shot one with a pistol while, while hunting as well. But the, the amount of hogs that we saw this deer season probably more than tripled than it did the season before. And, that comes and goes, you know, like this time of year, you don't see all that many hogs on the property with with the corn field across the river from us and and other farm fields around the area. They got a, all you can eat buffet to go and and hit. So they're not coming to the feeders. They're not really hanging out on the property because we don't plant real crops. We don't have any, any crop like that on the property. Everything that we're feeding is coming out out of a feeder, just dry corn. Um, you know, occasionally we'll go out and feed the cows some cues, but even then this time of year with us getting the rains that we've been getting, it's unnecessary for the most part. Um, cows are fat and happy, got lots of green grass to eat. So it's a good time to be a farmer. But as, as those farm fields are harvested, as we, you know, go into the later months of summer and everything starts to dry out, you know, if they dry out, which they most likely will, um, you're going to, you're going to see a change. You're going to start seeing more activity come to these feeders again, as they start looking for food, especially as we go into fall. And then again, uh, even more in the winter time. Uh, this winter was unusually warm. We had a lot of green grass and stuff all the way up until like December. Uh, we did have some really cold days, but they were few and far between, uh, for the most part, it was a very mild winter that had a huge effect on how we hunted. Uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, pigs were coming to the feeder pretty regular, but they didn't have to. Uh, I think it was just very easy for them. Uh, you go into a year where it's very dry; there's not a whole lot for them to eat. They'll they'll come. They'll daylight a lot. I only had them pigs. Pigs were daylighting because it was convenient for them. I think that you know, it wasn't because they were really fighting for the corn. Um, but they did come out multiple times, like the the early morning hours and late evening hours when there was still sunlight, you know, where you could have you could have shot them without night vision and thermal. Um, in fact, we, we took a couple out with the bow, just sitting in the, in the tree stand. That was another thing that I thought was, was different than than most years. You typically, you know, a lot of these pigs don't start. And this is just my experience in the past few years. I haven't had pigs show up all that often during the daytime, and if they did, it was always, like, right at last light. Like, you have about five minutes to make your decision if you're going to be able to shoot it because there's just not enough light for you to even – you may see it with your naked eye. You put the scope up to your eye, and all of a sudden it's just one big black blur. It's very hard to, to, to make a a good shot. Um So that's kind of been been the pattern the past few years, and this year was was different um and maybe that is because we're just there was more hogs in the area they had to to be the first ones at the feeder to get a little bit of corn uh just because there was more competition for food um that's going to be interesting to see too as these populations rise you know are we going to be able to be are we going to see a lot more numbers in the tournament simply because of the competition between hogs um with them on the move a lot more. I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see there's a lot of stuff that that's going to take place. I think uh, hog hunting is is a constant because they're so smart, because down here everything's always changing. You as a hunter have to change your tactics and your approach. Uh, a lot of the guys that have been successful in these tournaments, they're, constant, they're hunting according to to how they feel that they're going to have. If they're going to a lot of guys are doing it different ways, I should say. They, they run dogs. They have thermal and light vision. Uh, they'll go sit in a tree stand. They'll go sit in their deer blind. They're doing everything they can according to how they feel like they're going to be successful. And that's because they're, they're they're really going out there and they're scanning. They're keeping an idea. They know their their land. They know their property. Um, and on top of that, they're watching game cameras and stuff. They're getting a good idea of what's showing up at what time. And just by doing that, they, they have a lot more success trapping is another thing you know uh the, the guys that are successful with traps they don't just set the trap once and walk away these guys are baiting they're locking their doors open they're baiting heavy they're getting these pigs very comfortable with that trap and they're they're tricking them they're getting them comfortable these pigs will finally go in and they got the technology to be able to see all those pigs have then walked into that trap they'll shut the door and instead of catching two or three at a time they're catching upwards of 20 or 30 at a time and that is not only successful in the tournament, but it's very successful for their purpose and their farmland and ranch land and preserving it and helping protect it. So there's a lot that goes into hog hunting. You know, deer hunting is a lot of fun. You got a short window of opportunity to get get your buck on the ground. Hog hunting is something that you have to be you have to be in it all year round. And that's it's a lot of work, especially this time of year. You got it's starting to heat up. It's humid. It's just it's nasty to be outside running around. Um, on top of that, the mosquitoes are bad. We got snakes are everywhere. Which another thing, you know, before we we really ramp up the show, if you're out there hog hunting or you're out there doing whatever. Uh, really, just keep an eye out. Snakes have been. I haven't seen as many venomous snakes. Uh, I guess I've seen in the past, but I've seen a lot more. Snakes, a lot more harmless ones, but the snakes are definitely moving. And uh if they're out there, then you know those rattlesnakes, those cottonmouths, copperheads, and all that are out too. Uh, we did kill a rattlesnake a few weeks back, close to the house. Scared the living Jesus out of me and my daughter. But uh they're out, they're out and about. So wear your snake boots, keep an eye out. We were just down the river the other day, skid up a big coach whip. Um, after we were already already walking around that entire area, you know, had the kids with us and everything, the grass was about I don't know a little over ankle high in this particular area. Everybody climbed back on the players, and and as we're getting on, started up. It, it comes right in front of the players through the grass. I was like, we were just standing right there, nobody saw it. So, the 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 phrase goes, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. You know, we got lucky because he was he was probably feet away from us, just. Hovering in the grass, being quiet, trying to stay unnoticed until we started the ranger. He got scared and took off again. Uh, but they're there, and a lot of times they're there, and you don't see them until you're you're right on top of them. Same thing with that rattlesnake. I walked right up on that snake. Um, my daughter saw it first, and thank God she did because I will, probably would have stepped on him. Um, these things blend in, and when you're walking through your your yard, you're kind of you're not, you're, you're comfortable. You know, that's your, that's your yard. You don't really think about that stuff that often. And, uh, when you're, when you're not on your toes, that's when they get you when you're not thinking about it. So you get complacent. That's usually when it happens. So just think about that. Keep that in the back of your mind. Snakes are out. Bugs are out. Everything that wants to, uh, bite and sting is hanging around, keeping out for the bees, um, hornets, especially when you're mowing grass as it starts to warm up. Those lawnmowers tend to really tick them off, so just uh, keep that in mind. But guys, like I said, there's some changes coming to the tournament. Stay tuned. Hopefully, we have the uh, the all, the website all back up and running here soon. But just want to thank y'all for y'all's time. Thank y'all for tuning in to Sounder Podcast. We'll be back next week, and uh, hopefully, you got some good news for you. I'm gonna get out of here. I'm heading to the coast for vacation, so I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Y'all have a good one.